Hey there, folks. This is Andrew, longtime producer of the You'll Hear It podcast. It's that time of year again. Yes, Black Friday is almost upon us, and you know what that means. Deals, 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 baby. For a limited time, Open Studio is going to be offering Choose What You Pay on our subscriptions. All you got to do is go to openstudiojazz.com slash YHI to get early access to Black Friday savings. That's openstudiojazz.com slash YHI. Check the description for a link. And hey, guess what? These deals have already started. Check out some of our subscriptions like the Piano Access Pass, which you can get right now for only $20 a month. You won't see deals like these again anytime soon. So go to openstudiojazz.com slash YHI for more info. Thanks for listening. And now please enjoy our regularly scheduled programming. Hey, Peter. Yo. Do you own a shed? Check it. Obviously you do. Yeah, we'll see. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice and inspiration and an instruction manual for your cultural and creativity. Coming at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and today we're coming at you sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com for all of your jazz lesson needs. Uh, courses by Peter, me, Jeffrey Keezer, Elio Aldez, Christian McBride, Sean Jones, just to name a few. I like I like how you named the pianist first, as we as we would. As we should. Yeah. As we should. Steve Wilson, saxophone. What do you know about that? Oh, man. I was just texting with, you know, we call him Wilsonian. Wilsonian. That, is his, that is his nickname. The Wilsonian, like the Smithsonian. Like the Smithsonian. Yeah. He's like an, an encyclopedia and a museum. He really of is saxophone. A, he's a great saxophone oh teacher. Man. Well, and actually, for what we're talking about today, uh, Steve Wilson would be wonderful to reference because, um, what are we talking about? We're talking about how to shed hard tunes, right? Yeah, how do you shed on a tune that you find extremely difficult? Yeah, and and why would you shed on a tune that you find difficult? Right, because it's very difficult. We want it to seem easy. I would just put up Exhibit A, Steve Wilson, aka Wilsonian. Um, who's in a small group of masterful players that I've been around uh, and had the pleasure of playing with that are kind of the end result of how to play over a hard tune after you've shedded for a long time. Sure. Like, like that's the promised land that you want to get to. So I always think, you know, we talk about painting it done and, and having a goal or whatever. So yeah, why would we want to shed on a hard tune? I think it's to get to be a player like Steve Wilson where you can play over a really hard tune like it's easy. Well, yeah, and it also is important, I think, to constantly be pushing yourself just outside of your comfort zone, right? ABP, always be pushing. Always be pushing. No, we want to find that space. We talk about it a lot around here, about finding that space where it's- Safe space. It's not safe. No, it's not safe. It's not that safe. But it's it's also not super, super hard, right? So you want to find a tune, or I I think we could also probably, I don't know about you, but I feel like we could put this kind of- episode in it's not just a hard tune but maybe we get a lot asked a lot about playing in odd meters or yeah. hard keys you know right. or or with my left hand or you know finger independence or or just anything that a concept or a tune that you just don't have yet it seems really really hard stride yeah. piano right yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think the key to all of these things is that they're not hard 
they're just unfamiliar to you. Right. They're right not now. hard. They're just difficult. They're yeah. not hard. They're just impossible. No, you just haven't <laughs> spent any time on it, right? right? I mean, there was a certain point where playing, you know, a C triad would be super hard for you. I mean, right. when you're a baby and you don't know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, except for me, I came out of the came out of the womb just this is very funny i just got a text received a text message from steve wilson totally unrelated no way yeah (laughs) tell him we're podcasting about him right (laughs) Right, now as we speak no this is a great point you're making though and that is like you know difficulty and challenges however you want to look at them there's always a continuum of them and we actually have more experience with looking at a mountain and being like oh my gosh how am i gonna how am i gonna scale that mountain we have more experience than we think. Sometimes yeah. you have to turn around and look at what you've already done. That's right. Be it a triad, be it a diminished scale, be it whatever. And that's the joy about the continuum of learning this music is that we're always somewhere. Like if you've made it past the first stage of playing the triad and playing a major scale and the foundational things, you've already accomplished a lot, you know, that's in right. terms of like you're going to reference. A, a C triad more in your improvisation, even as you're very advanced, than you'll ever reference the exact say giant step changes. Actually, right. yeah, yeah, you know. So that's like truly a building block, a foundational. I would say too, um, you know, if we want to start getting into maybe how to approach it before you hit the the shed, right? So yeah. we're shedding on hard tunes. How do we shed on them? There's some things you can do to kind of prep. And you might get out your Pujo, your right. practice journal. Right. Uh, by the way, we, we offer open studio practice That's journals right. that are super popular. And they're very good as part of the um, of the the part of the preparation to practice. We like to call procrastination, <laughs> where you have to have this exact tool. If you don't have a Steinway, nine foot, don't even start practicing yet. That's right. Keep saving up your money. to No. But we want to have a plan, I think, is what you're you saying. You can have a little plan. So, right. so your goal might be, okay, I want to be able to play giant steps like I can play Have You Met Miss Jones, yeah. right? Or like I can play the blues. C-Jam like, blues. Right. I want, to, I want to be able to just go through here without thinking and it just all comes. What do I need to do to accomplish that? So the first thing to do is to maybe break it down into practicable pieces, right? Yes. So maybe the first day you get in there saying like, okay, I'm going to be able to play two-handed voicings on every chord, right? At 300 beats per minute. Whoa. And it's, then, a, it's a busy first day, buddy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like if you try to take on too much at once, if you say, okay, I need to, by the end of this first session, be able to play through this tune, well, you're not going to be able to do that. So see if you can plan out some manageable, manageable chunks and say, okay, I have 20 minutes to work on this today because I have some other stuff that I need to work on. What can I get accomplished in 20 minutes? Well, maybe... It's either breaking it down to just, okay, I can do like the root and the melody through the whole tune. Yeah. Right? Or I can do maybe uh, some chords with the, the melody, full chords, but only just that only first, first four phrase. bars. Right? right, right. So it's kind of a give and take of what do I have the bandwidth? What do I have the time for? And you can actually plan out your week and your month with this in mind. And you're going to have to adjust as you, some things are going to be easier, some things are going to take more or less time. But this idea of breaking it into manageable chunks and then just being kind of systemic about it, right? Like just being, just having your system set up. And that way you don't have to think about, well, what am I going to practice with giant steps today? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You have that. Or maybe it's just bass lines one day, or maybe it's just the chords one day. You know, you can, you can figure this out. And what's, yeah, what's great about having a system like that and systematize it as you say is that that will allow within that framework of say learning giant steps over a month it'll take into account and naturally adjust for days that you have 
bigger breakthroughs, which are going to happen. You totally. want those to happen totally. and to be able to take advantage of that. And days where you're just going to kind of feel like you're not getting anywhere because sometimes on those days where you just, you spend an hour and you're like, oh, I just can't get it. You're actually closer than you think. And yep. you can't just measure it based upon how you're going to plan it out. But by having a system, you it kind of averages out in a way. Like you can fall behind on some days and then catch back up because sometimes that's your mind or your body or just kind of your whole thought and learning process letting you know that hold on i just need a break in order to absorb and catch up with this and sometimes you sleep you know it's like when you wake up in the morning and something there's like you're thinking about a problem the night before and all of a sudden it pops into your head so that can be when you come back to the instrument you might not have to sleep you might come back later in the day it might be three days but this kind of like a system but with a little bit of flexibility and may you know built into it so that you don't feel like oh my gosh i'm falling behind knowing that you've got the ability to catch back up at a certain point. And I think that having some real benchmarks as you go that are not every day can help with that. So maybe every week, like you might say, I'm going to have, um, or say every three days, say I'm going to really solidify every four-bar phrase um, of giant steps. And as opposed to like every day, this is what I'm going to accomplish. Yeah. So then when you get there, and then you also have that flexibility that you referred to so that when you hit the breakthroughs, which are normally going to happen when you start to be able to identify consciously or not, or or subconsciously, some patterns in how these tunes unfold, if we're talking about learning a tune, which is That's what right. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So that, a, a little bit of preparation will go a long way, I think, towards that in in that as you're putting this system together say for giant steps before you just jump right in to sort of look at the whole and look at the whole tune and say like okay how many phrases are there and how are they connected so that even before you get to the second phrase you maybe have identified a pattern in this case mm. so that's the first phrase the harmony movement and then you've got a two five to the next phrase right that's setting it up that's the bridge going into the next phrase and then you've got which is the same thing, just in another key. That's as. right. That's right. So what does that mean? Well, that second phrase, we should actually not have to practice it as much as the first one because it's the same thing. So we're as opposed to saying, I'm going to learn something totally new. Mm -hmm. We've identified a pattern in advance to the structure, the construction, the architecture of the tune that can tell us, well, actually, that second phrase, we're going to learn. We've learned the first phrase, so we're going to front load really studying, understanding, hearing, learning that first phrase, those intervals between the melody and the root, and then how it sets up to the next phrase so that when we get to the next phrase, we're actually learning a transposition. Yeah. Learning in another key, that first phrase. And then there's all these kind of embedded um, patterns that are there, like, you know, that's the same chord as that, and that's yeah. just going through the harmony. So the second phrase should be easier, is what I'm trying to say. Should it's the be. first one, yeah. Should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, should no, be. and it will be. It it will be. It it you may end up spending the same amount of time on it, but the certain like those things that you kind of notice later, mm -hmm. and to try to get to that Wilsonian level, and I'll just clarify <laughs> with with that. It's just what, what I meant by him being kind of the promised land of where <clears> you want to get. You're gonna have the freedom on these hard tunes to be able to improvise just like you're improvising over C-Jam Blues. That's the Wilsonian level. That's, That's right. where it's just like, you're so relaxed because you're like, I understand this just as well as I do something that's very simple to me. And so that's you're going to be spending more time on it. But by going through it a little bit in an organized and a regimented way, as we're proposing here, once you do get there, you're going to have that clarity. You're going to have that 
complexity boiled down to mm. like, wow, this is simple. It yeah. wasn't easy because I spent a bunch of time. So difficult doesn't become easy. Difficult becomes simple. That's great. So uh, another thing that you might add to your shedding on this is to identify some some areas that are uh, you're having trouble with and do some cross training on Ooh. those areas, right? So we let's like say we again like we're it. on we're on giant steps, and you're like, oh man, uh, I'm having a real hard time. Anytime it shifts to the key of B, because right, giant steps goes through these three tonalities, right? Yep. So then you might say, okay, well maybe I'll take one whole session away from giant steps, but I'll play like. <laughs> I just messed that up. I need to shed that. There it is. Right, you do another tune. Ooh. That's in the right. key of B, right? Because now you're taking time with some two five ones in the key of B. You're spending time. It gives you a little more time with B yeah. than Giant Steps does. You're acclimated to that to that neighborhood, right? Or maybe you're like, man, you know, these changes on Giant Steps are just moving by so fast. Like, how do I how do I get better at that? You might then just spend a day on like a rhythm changes, but fast, right? But it's a little bit more. Everything is in the same key. Right? It's not quite the same, but it's yeah. kind of getting your brain in that space and everything's changing very fast, but it's a little more doable, right? You're kind of assisting yourself up. Yep. Or maybe it's like, uh, I'm having trouble with the two fives, right? You can just practice two five ones for a while in your session and yep. that's going to help with giant steps. Oh yeah. You know, so this kind of idea of taking whatever that idea is, you know, maybe it's a, two, maybe it's a, um, it's a tune in seven or something, and you're having a hard time, you know, staying in it. Maybe do a session in three, right? It's not quite four. It's still a little bit of an odd meter, but mm. you're kind of you're kind of still practicing in something that's making you think a little bit. Ramp up to it, or maybe in five, you know. Oh, this guy's doing giant steps that, in seven. It's ridiculous. That, that, that was a good idea you had. Oh my gosh, is that seven? Oh, it's four. There it is. There you go. Yeah, but that kind of stuff, it's a little bit of, um, I mean, jumping right to that, of course, you want to know the, the changes first. But that place, it's it's that same theme that you're referring to where you're, the cross train. I love that concept because you're putting some other challenges on that will start to push into the subconscious the things that you're learning yeah. you know, as you go. And I would just add to that, you can also think about, like, say you feel like you're having trouble with the B. We think about that first phrase, and this is really understanding the architecture and breaking it down. So that these hard tunes never become just a series of chords one after another. Like right. we want to identify patterns in the, and this does not have to be on a theoretical level. No. It can be. Yeah. But most importantly, it's on an ear training level. It's understanding it's just, just by ear. You can make other connections as, as you need to. But if we think about that, the beginning of the phrase and the end of the phrase, like where do we start? B major. And where do we end? And we were just talking about on that other tune earlier yeah, today with the Herbie Hancock. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and you know, this starts to acclimate you to the way we actually want to present our solo over a form like this. Because to the listener, like, that's very quick. But that's the first place you sit for a minute for four beats, right? Everything else is two beats. So that's important for the listener and for the architecture. Oh, for sure. Team. For sure. So if you're like, like, we have to know. We have to almost be able to play over that E flat before we get there, right? And then we're starting to get ready for the G, you know? So a little bit of subtraction on these tough tunes, even if it's like... 
where are you going? Where 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 are the the signposts? Exactly. Here? Yeah. Because yeah. there's nothing wrong with before you're at Wilsonian level to be like you know. So I'm just playing B major for for like you know, uh, what is it? Three bars. Don't try that at home, kids. <laughs> Don't try that at home. And then I'm like E flat major. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like G major. That's you know. Dope man. Yeah. That's dope. Man. Um. So I'll put one caveat on this whole thing. That's if you're attempting to play extremely fast, like faster than you've ever played. Yeah. Right? If like this is your goal, that I think takes a little bit more deliberate work up to it. Yeah. And actually, counterintuitively, it takes a lot of slow practice. Oh, absolutely. You know it what I mean? Mostly. Go go slow to go fast. Go slow practice to go fast. To Listen to fast. Peter Martin over here, because you're so great at playing fast. It seems so natural. But I know you preach this all the time. You practice slow. And I, that helps you pra- play fast. Absolutely. I never, I never practice fast. I oh. mean, like, I mean, probably the, the, anything that I play in a performance situation fast, I probably, the maximum I've ever played, played that, even to sit down and play the tune like that for, for myself for fun is like 80%, 75%. So what do you think that does for you? Why do you think that works so well for you? Well, I think it, it gives you a better, like hearing and clarity to what you have to play that you could actually miss if you're practicing too much fast Mm. because we can, you know, every instrument has a way to kind of slop your way through playing fast, especially if you're playing with other people or if you're playing like piano, like several parts that you can make it sound like you know what you're doing when you play fast and you Mm -hmm. can like not pay attention to details. So it's painful to play like, you know, if you wanted to go one, two, three, four, So I mean, this, at this it, point, it's almost harder for me. I have to concentrate more to play really in the time, interesting melodies, things that stretch over. Like like the, the little trick I was saying about staying in B, you can do that when you're fast. You can be like... And then go to so E fast, flat. you can yeah. slap your way through it. But if it's, I'm doing it at that slow tempo, it's going to sound horrible. But what you're doing there too is giving yourself this time for your brain to really lock in yes. to what's going on, right? And so yeah. then when you're called upon to play it fast, if you have dozens of reps at that, Just the ideas John, are so much clearer. Cole, train, wrote giant steps, Atlantic records, Tommy Flanagan. Then when you go into... Uh, what? Philadelphia. What? John Coltrane. McCoy Tyner. What? Pennsylvania. Electoral College. What? Oh, sorry. No, I was freeballing. Free, 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 free balling. Free Freestyling. Freestyling. Free balling's different. <laughs> But what, but what that slow tempo does is gives you give you that time, and it seems counterintuitive, but you hear heard it from Peter Martin himself. Like, take more, way, way, way more time with the tune slowly if you're trying to play it fast. Yeah. And I want to add one more thing before we're out here uh, to, and I can't believe this is the last thing we're mentioning because it's usually <laughs> number one. Oh. Listen. listen right listen to we've said it so much we're just like you know what they got it but that's, we might have that's some assumed new knowledge for, <laughs> for our part at, at this time it is part assume. of the title but no it's important it's important yeah you must listen to this to whatever you're working on easy hard whatever it is but make that part of your practice routine yes of listening to it over and over and over again it's only going to make it easier absolutely absolutely um 
Cool. Well, this was awesome. There's yeah. a lot more we can talk. We'll come back. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a rating review. And I'm going to a rating uh-huh. and a review. Uh-huh. Well, just a rating if you don't have time. But the review would be nice, too. All right. Um, and I'm going to give you an example because we just got we give a shout out. So that might be another reason you might want to leave a rating review so you can get a shout it out on this show. Get a shout out. Can I get a shout out? And we will even shout out your city and uh, your country if you put that. But. It's a fun way to do it. I'll give you an example because we had a couple nice ones from this week. Did you know that? I did not know that. Let's go. So this is from Chris Merrills from Canada. Okay. I don't know about you, Adam. Actually, I do know about you because you're constantly barking about your love of Montreal. But we're big fans of Canada here at the You'll Hear a Podcast. You know, right? Do I bark? Not a, I mean, that's, I don't know. I, don't I do, know I do. I'm, I'm like a carnival barker. Like, <laughs> step right up to one of the best cities in the world, please. More restaurants per capita. Right, right. Montreal's great. Toronto. I love Vancouver Island. You ever been to Vancouver no, Island? No, man. We've got so many fans in Vancouver I Island. I am so and Vancouver. jealous. It looks so beautiful. Fun and Vancouver. fact, Vancouver is not on Vancouver Island. Did no, you know that? No, I did know this. Yeah. But Vancouver Island looks amazing. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Now, you will be getting on a helicopter, airplane, or boat to get there. Don't think you're going to get on a bridge because there is not one. That's right. That's a bridge too far for me because it doesn't Ooh. exist. That's a bridge too far for them too. Yeah, for all uh, the But no, it's a cool place. Uh, I have arrived by helicopter. I've arrived by a seaplane and by aeroplane seaplane. and by ferry. Okay. Not the kind that flies. The okay. kind that, <laughs> I was going to say. The the kind that, some pixie dust, some yeah, Tinkerbell no, style. No, I. but I digress. So here is from Chris Merrills from Canada. I love this daily dose of musical inspiration and humor. Don't listen to Florida Man. This podcast is pure gold. Oh, didn't we get some some hate from Florida Man? Remember back a while ago? Really? Yeah. That's all Florida right. Man? Forget Florida. I'm from Florida, actually. I was born in Florida. Isn't that a meme, Florida Man? Yeah. Uh, and then another one, playing catch up, five stars. Just found this podcast. Got to go back and catch them all. That's good stuff. Um, well, this was fun, man. Let's go practice some hard stuff. Huh? Mm. What? Until... Tomorrow, manana. What? You'll hear it. Byron Lovelace.